This is a Baby Brunch podcast. I'm on Facebook the other day and I see a beautiful picture of a mom and her baby. And then what catches my eye is the mom in her post says, but I want to help other moms. And being in the business of of babies and moms and lending support to moms through conversations, I thought this is ideal. This is perfect. I connected with this mom and today I'm I'm so inspired. I'm lucky. I'm so blessed to be speaking to you, Nicole Lee. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very, very well. Where's your Where's your toddler at the moment? He is about to have a nap. <laughs> You're in Cape Town. I'm in Johannesburg. We're chatting on Skype because technology connects people, and this podcast will reach someone today who who has a similar story, who who needs inspiration, who needs advice, who who will find strength through a story that you are sharing. But I, I, I want to backtrack. I want to first know about you. Tell me, tell me about what you do. I am in the beauty and wellness health industry. Um, I do nutrition and a treatment called endomology, which helps with circulation and firming the skin. Um, so it's a very personal job I have. I deal one-on-one with clients. And it's usually quite uncomfortable. They're very vulnerable and they're showing me all their flaws. And with nutrition, it's the same thing. They they have to be very honest with me and tell me everything about what they eat. And, you know, it's quite an uncomfortable thing. And I always find myself trying to help them. Stop being so hard on yourself. You know, we just, we're all doing the best we can. And I think... That's all that we need to do. You you have this passion for for health and living healthily or healthier, <laughs> and you have this precious baby. But did you did you always want to be a mom? I did. Yeah, I think from a young age, I always loved children, and I always wanted to be a mom. When do you think it it happened for you where you said to yourself, you know what? As someone who believes in change in other people, I want to reach the point where where I can where I can help people, where I can help people without it's your business, you know. When did you realize that that's what you wanted to do? Well, actually, by I studied interior design, <laughs> and when I was, I think, twenty three, I traveled overseas, and my whole life changed, and I realized that health and wellness was very important to me and I changed my career. So I started, I guess, quite young, still working one-on-one with people. And I guess it was then that people would end up opening up to me so much. And I found myself in a position where I could help and even if it was just to listen to them. Um, And that's, I think, where it all started for me just being one-on-one with people and them sharing their stories. Um, Yeah. Tell me about falling pregnant. Did it happen quickly for you guys? Did you plan your baby? So we were very lucky. We fell pregnant very quickly. Um, We didn't, we weren't planning. Like we didn't say, okay, we're going to start planning now. 
if it happened, it happened, and it did. So I was very lucky in that sense. It happened very, very quickly. <laughs> when you had your baby, did did you carry full term? Did he come home immediately? Tell me about that journey. Yes, I was so lucky. I had an amazing pregnancy. I felt so good. Um, no complications. The last scan I went for, he the gynae wasn't happy. He wasn't growing as much as he should have. And I was planning to have a natural birth. Um, my due date was the 21st of May. And she said, if I, if my waters don't break naturally by then, I'm going to have to come in for um, an induction, which I did. So the night of my due date, I went in and the next day he was born. I had a natural um, with epidural, but everything went fine. And he was healthy and I think I only needed to be in hospital for a full day. And I went home. I had him on the Monday night and I went home the Wednesday morning. When I heard about your story, you mentioned that, you know, 12 weeks into this healthy baby that's coming home, a different journey started for you guys. What happened when he was 12 weeks old? I started noticing like, little brown spots on his neck and at the time we had gone out um the night before I think and I had worn perfume which I hadn't done since he was born and I thought it was maybe just an allergic reaction um and then it didn't go away and then I thought maybe I'm not washing him properly maybe it's actually dirt um I'm trying to be so cautious with this fragile baby but I noticed more and more and I was washing him properly and it was just a very I think a mother's intuition you always know when something's wrong so I just went to a dermatologist an allergy dermatologist and we went to go see her and that's when we got the news of his condition. So did they diagnose him immediately? I mean, you, you see the brown spots around his neck area. Yeah. Oh, wow. What did she say? She knew exactly. We went in and obviously you freaked out as first-time parents. You're like, what is going on? What did I do wrong? Did I hmm. do something in my pregnancy? Did I Am I using the wrong wash? And initially... I was quite irritated with the with the way she the the dermatologist um diagnosed because she looked at him and knew exactly what it was and I felt that she didn't touch him she didn't it was very very quick so I think as all parents you you get your back up and you're like listen how can you just say this um but she diagnosed it um uticaria pigmentosis which is a pigment in the skin. And the other name is cutaneous mastocytosis, which was a mouthful for us. And you freak out because you have no clue what is going on. So I went home. I started Googling, which is the worst thing you can do because you see 
the worst things. And mm. I said, this isn't what he has. This doctor's crazy. How can she didn't touch him? And she just said this massive word and it's nothing like the pictures. So I went for a second opinion. And by this stage, the spots had just been increasing and increasing. Where, where were the spots at this stage? If it started in his neck area, where, where did it go to? It started in his neck. It went onto his trunk, mm. so like the top of his chest, under his arms and the inner thighs. So it's usually places where there's a lot of friction and warm. And did he seem irritated? Was it itchy? Do you know? Not at all. Mm. He didn't see, he was always like a very comfortable baby. He didn't show signs of of any un- discomfort. And was he feeding? He was. I was breastfeeding. I think I only introduced formula as a top-up if he needed it at maybe six months. So this, the whole time he had only been breastfed. I, I listened to how you speak about the diagnosis the, the first time. And I mean, I I don't cope well when when doctors has to, or when we have to visit the doctor, first of all, and then when they have to talk about, because it's your baby, you know. When you went for the second opinion, what did they say? He was more hands-on and he scratched them and... I told him what the diagnosis was and he confirmed it. But he sent me for blood tests. I sent Bodie for blood tests and I felt that was a better response to it. You know, you need to, I would assume you need to get blood tests to see what's going on. Um, But he did confirm it. And now that I look back, I'm actually glad that the first doctor did tell me outright because she was just being honest. She wasn't giving me hope or, you know, she, this is what it is and this is what you need to deal with and educate yourself on it because there's a chance he will grow out of it or there's a chance it will get better. So you just need to educate so educate us. I mean, I know now what it is having seen your pictures and having read up a little bit about about what the condition is. What did he have? He, as I said, it was cutaneous mastocytosis. So when it flares up, it looks like little itchy bites or maybe flea bites, little red marks on his skin that are a little bit raised. Um, they can become itchy, which his aren't, which causes a whole nother problem if they are, because then the child is scratching it and cutting them open, they can get infected. But after his are raised and they're red, they go brown. Right. And do they cover their entire bodies? So it starts gradually. So like I said, his started on the neck, went to the trunk, maybe the inner thighs around the bum, um, and then it started just getting more and more. And at the moment, it's pretty much over his entire body, possibly his cheeks, not so much. Yeah, it's actually everywhere. Some are lighter than others, 
and some are a little bit raised. They almost look like beauty spots, but not as as dark. And they are they are over their whole little body. So you, it's something that you could notice easily if you are a stranger and saw you pushing a stroller with your baby yes. down the road or on the promenade. Yeah. What was your reaction when the second doctor confirmed it? I was still worried. I really didn't know what we were in for, but I started doing a bit more research. And then the blood test came back that everything was fine systemically. So internally, he was fine. There were no problems to his organs because the condition can also affect their organs. As much as it's a visual condition, it can affect the, the, the organs or their little bodies, you know, which is a bit scary. So you have to keep doing blood tests. I was a bit more at ease, so I knew what I was going to have to deal with. And then I also wanted to try a homeopathic route. So I went to see a homeopath, and he gave me a few remedies, which didn't end up working, but I thought I'm going to try everything. Um, And then eventually we did a biopsy to make 100% sure that it was the condition And that came back. And I think when I got the biopsy back, that's when I completely accepted the condition. When something like this happens, and especially when there's a change moment in your life, now you've had a baby and you're elated and you're happy. And at 12 weeks, you realize that your baby's going to be a little bit different. And eventually it's confirmed, like in your case, that he's got a condition. What, what does that do for you? Because now your normal is different to everyone else's normal. Yes. We did have to educate ourselves a lot, and we were lucky enough to have doctors that would help. Nutrition is a big thing. There's certain foods that can aggravate it. Products, if he goes to hospital, there's certain medications he cannot take. Even if he's just got a flu or a cough or something, there's certain medications that he cannot take. There's a certain ingredient. So you really have to to educate yourself a lot and just know. And every child is different. So it doesn't mean that he can't have a certain food because he might not get aggravated by it. So... Like you do when children are going onto solids, you test all the foods, which is what we did. And yeah, you just have to keep an eye out for the triggers and see what happens when there's a flare up. Just coming back to what they called it. So you have to help me pronounce it. Okay, so in case another mom or dad is listening and they want to read up about it. Okay, so help me say it. So cutaneous yes mastitis all right and help me put it into context so it's not cancer no it's not a blood condition no it's not is it a type of allergy it is a type of allergy um so when 
people have an allergy, the mast cells produce histamine, mm. and we often take an antihistamine. Basically, his little body is his mast cells overproduce every day. So in a way, he's having an allergic reaction every second of the day. The baby man. He could be on an antihistamine every single day. He can also be on cortisone every day. Um, he can be on a steroid every day, which personally, I don't want to give such a tiny baby at such a young age, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to keep it under control. And is it mainly diet that you do and how else do you keep it under control? It can also be aggravated by stress. And environment. Extreme, yeah, environment, extreme heat and extreme cold. So if I've noticed, the, the time that I notice his the most is if he's been wearing very tight pants and it's quite hot outside, then he gets quite a red band where the, the pants were sitting. So you just have to manage them. So I try not make his bath water too hot. I try to keep him very calm. Every child has a meltdown, but I've, I've been trying to teach him how to breathe and he's quite good. It's quite sweet. I think for him, it's more emotional. It's more the emotional sense of it that aggravates it. He was only 12 weeks at the time when it was diagnosed. How old is he now? 22 months. Months. Oh, sweet. And and he knows how to breathe already through? He does. Oh. Is it contagious? Not at all. Is it, is it fatal? It can be if it, if it becomes systemic. And there are cases where it leads to leukemia. Being in health and wellness and, you know, sorting other people out, you able to fix. Isn't it hard being in a position where there's some stuff about your little miracle baby that you can't change? Oh, so difficult. And there's a lot of doubt that did I do something wrong when I was pregnant? Was there something wrong with my breast milk? Is it because I breastfed? Oh, I think with everything, you doubt yourself or you question why it's happening and what you could have done differently. And they're so innocent, you know. <laughs> they haven't done anything. <laughs> Do you have a lot of support where you are? I mean, you live in Cape Town. There's a lot of moms uh I raised my children for the first three years there, and and um, there's there's a lot of mommy communities. Do you do you find that people are quite supportive? Very supportive. I'm so lucky. I've got a very close antenatal group of moms, and we actually recruited about five or six other mommies from other antenatal groups that their group just wasn't interacting. So we've got this massive group. And it's nearly two, well, it is two years later and we still meet up and we have play dates and got an amazing support with family and friends. So it's great. I feel very lucky that I've got the support I do. And with that post, I think that you saw, or it might have been one before that, 
I posted it on Facebook for the first time. I think it was after his biopsy. And one of my friends shared it. And uh, Mommy and Joe Berg got in touch with me. And we part of a Masto Mommy's WhatsApp group. And we're there for each other. I think there's about eight of us between Cape Town and Joburg. When you think of your journey and how you are, because it, it feels and seems like you have it all together, and he's only two. It hasn't been a long time that you've been on this journey, no. When you think of the situation you are in, what's the question you ask most? When you wake up and you see your little baby and you see that he's got brown spots all over his body and that some days he might be itchy and that he's unsure, what do you, what do you ask? I ask, I wonder why he was given this condition and how he is going to help others because he has this condition. Why do you stay positive? And how do you stay positive? I think you just have to look at it in the way that you're never given anything you can't handle. In the moment, it seems like the world is crumbling and you have so many questions. You freaked out. You're asking so many questions, but you get through it. And there's a reason why he has it. He is an amazing little man and he's got the most beautiful spirit and I think he really has this condition to help other children or parents or me like I said it's a very visual condition and I think the first thing I thought of is to stop being so vain you're worrying about what people are thinking of it where you really don't need to. I think you have to stay positive. I obviously have my days where I might cry about it or I might not be as strong. But a lot of the time I listen to the feedback that other children or other parents say about him and they always say what a beautiful soul he has. And that's more important than what he looks like. We speak about this all the time, strangers and our children, people who see our children, who pass as comments. Um, I can imagine that it's not easy being around people, and especially if they don't understand, or perhaps a mommy and a daddy that doesn't understand that it's not contagious, that he's just your baby, um, and that's, that's his look, you know. If someone's listening to you speak right now and they've gone through – a change moment of having a little baby and they are in a position where they also don't understand or perhaps they haven't been educated about this condition. What do you, what do you want to say to them? Find the support groups. There are so many and I must say Facebook is incredible how you can get in touch with people. Um, even if you don't know them, it's just a support. Um, Educate yourself as much as you can. Try educate those around you because as a parent, it is scary. You see this child that's got spots everywhere and you immediately think it's chicken pox or measles or something. So you want to keep your children away. But also give parents credit. I don't think any parent's going to take their child out if they've got a contagious condition 
and infect another child or adult. And I'm happy to talk about his condition. So come ask me. If you don't want your children to come near him, you come to me and say, listen, I noticed he's got his skin's a bit different. Is he okay? You know, I'm happy to tell you everything if you want to hear it. But also don't jump to conclusions. It's with everything. We're so judgmental of each other. I think you just need to stick with the people that support you and a lot of education. Um, just because Bodhi's got a certain condition, I've actually started looking at other conditions that I might not know anything about. And it's, it's so good to know. There's so many conditions out there. It's amazing to me because you you are a mom and a fitness expert and you know you're a, you're a gym owner and you're quite outgoing and you're known for health and wellness and here you had to educate yourself about a medical issue that's become part of your life. If you could explain to someone because I know that but if you had to explain to someone that you're a great mom what would your reason be? You are a great mom because? Because I do the best I can. I think that's all we need to do, really. Well, you are a great mom. And wow, I, I'm inspired and I'm, I'm encouraged because most of the time when things don't go our way, we want to keep quiet about it, you know, and we don't want to share and, and tell people that something is up. Yeah. I think you're courageous. I think Thank you. I think it's beautiful that you can be proud of your baby no matter who he is because he's your miracle and that you can share him on Facebook so much so that even I noticed and we are kilometers apart. <laughs> and and that you can show the world that you know that you're his mom and this is this is why he exists. Thank you so much. <laughs> Only a pleasure Nicole. For more other stories, you have to click through to, to see how our ordinary moms are doing extraordinary things. We never thought as teenagers or as young women in the club <laughs> or, or in our gyms or, or anywhere else that we'd be moms just, just doing what we're supposed to do, you know, and, and changing the world bit by bit. I really enjoyed speaking to you, Nicole, and you should stay in touch to let us know how we can help and we will keep sharing your stories, okay? I will. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share it. 